and welcome to the Cena Nerd Podcast. Tonight we're talking Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot, and yeah, Mr. Robot. Um, I mean, seriously, though, but but first we are going to cover Will's number one topic about how Jennifer Lawrence is at fault for, and the real reason behind Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris breaking up. Yep. Don't no. worry, Will. Your voice will be heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Mr. Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? Really? You're not devastated over a Hollywood breakup? No. <laughs> oh, no? No, no. I, you know, it, it was one of those things that I saw it trending, and I was like, hmm, Okay. Well, all right, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> well, between, it's, I don't know, this is one of those things, it's like, you know, this week I've been seeing all the, you know, I guess Princess Di specials that's coming on, and here locally we had a preseason football game uh, with, our, with our local uh, Carolina Panthers, so, you know, so the ticker on the bottom of the screen tonight was the you know, ABC Prince special Princess Die is will be airing on you know cable channel da 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 at like one a.m. So set your mm-hmm. DVRs for that. And I was just like, oh yeah. I just I don't know. I'm just you know those kind of the, the celebrity marriages and hookups and breakups and all that kind of stuff just doesn't interest me. But. I might completely undermine myself by saying I don't think Jennifer Lawrence was the side piece because I think she's dating isn't it Darren um, Darren Aronofsky yeah so unless yeah. she's a side piece of a side piece unless they have mutual side pieces oh, I can't <laughs> I can't believe you just said that like I, I kind of had an idea where that was going but I did not realize you were going to use the side piece analogy and just stick with it but I, I applaud you there I applaud you there side piece of a side piece true story true story yeah. but yeah so. I, I don't I don't know it just it I think it caught a lot of people off guard yeah and because it's been such and we'll get into this maybe a little bit later later like the box office these days it's been mildly going down there's not much entertainment so then you hear about it like a celebrity couple like that break yeah. up out of nowhere. True. Suddenly everybody's like, conspiracy theory, conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I need my summer entertainment. Yeah, it's opera drama. <laughs> it's, well, I guess it's sort of like, uh, take it to the sports analogy since football season is right around the corner and I'm a huge fan. Um, it, it's, it's, like, it's like July with, like, you know, you have the NBA finals in June. And typically July is like, for the most part, pretty dead. And then, you know, training camp start up with the NFL. But this year you had so much NBA drama with like Kyrie Irving and, and LeBron James and, and their their drama about Kyrie wanting to leave Cleveland. You, you know, I guess this is how Jennifer, how, how Chris and, and Anna Ferris are. It's like, you know, we have our, our drama now to, to fill the void of the, of the crappy box office of, you know, late July, early August. Yeah, to fill our void, to fill our void. But yeah. you know what? I, I I don't I don't have a void right now because Game of Thrones is on and it's lit. It is lit. It is so good. Yeah, so much so that you know it's like what Fire and Fury. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so well, I gotta talk about this. Okay. So I. Last week, I went on a rant about Dunkirk and how amazing it was and the need to go see that on the big screen because it's such a it was such a visceral experience. The last nine or ten minutes of this past week's Game of Thrones episode is just like, oh, my God, if they were at Dunkirk and there was a freaking dragon, this is what it would be like. And they managed to capture on a much smaller scale, this idea that what would it have been like medieval times and if a dragon was on one side of the of the war and you you just had normal 
weapons on the other side. What mm-hmm. would that experience be like? And there's even this amazing one shot where we're following a character between the action and you're seeing the fights and you just and you slowly start to see the smoke like creep in because mm-hmm. the dragon's around and he's burning shit down. And and you just and you see like the chaos of that and people are are wandering around and they're on fire and you see the smoke and so I love how it got darker as the scene carried on because of all the smoke and how you saw people turn to ash and just the brutality of that. Mm. Um, it was so fascinating to me because we've seen fantasy movies before and there's a dragon, but never in warfare like this. Yeah. I've never been really afraid. I've always been like, Ooh, cool. And this is like, no, 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 that would be freaking terrifying, terrifying. And, and not like, invincible even and there's another part of that but on the more thematic um, elements is that they also managed to do something that hasn't been seen a lot of in terms of whether it's on tv or film um and understanding that this is a lose-lose situation because there are characters we love on both sides of this and so you're watching it like somebody's going to die I'm not sure who, yeah. and I really don't want any of them to. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> oh, maybe, uh, I don't know if you ever hit. Did you ever see Ring of Fire with Christian Bell? Christian Bell, Ring of Fire. Yeah, it was Rain of Fire, Rain of Fire. Uh, it was, no. It was a movie probably, oh gosh, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, had dragons and tanks and all that kind of stuff, and I, you know when I saw the the all the footage, both legitimate and and pirated from uh, right. from Game of Thrones, it reminded me of, of that movie a little bit uh, of just the um, just the the visceral you know destruction of of you know coming from from the from the dragons. Right. No, the only um, movies that I recall seeing Christian Bale in pre-Dark Knight and Batman Begins is um, Newsies, Mm. all-time classic, and Swing Kids, all-time classic. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't don't know why. But a huge crush on him, huge crush, and then he grew up, and yeah, but so... Yeah, anyway, dragons. <laughs> yes. There be dragons. Yeah, I don't it, it was just it was interesting to um to see that and I and I rewatched the end of the episode again before getting on Skype with you tonight, but I I think I I love that because I love how I, even in its seventh season, you are still watching so much unfold, and there's been a lot of battles. Whether they've taken, um, they've been the main focus of an entire episode that's 60 minutes, or if they've been like 10, 15 minutes here, 10, 15 minutes there, they still manage to put in new aspects of it that you haven't seen before, like. I think if somebody were to splice together all of the Game of Thrones battles, they would be different every single time. And you would know exactly like, oh, that's the battle of this place. That's the battle of this place. And um, hard home, classic example. But yeah, the the last thing I want to say, and for listeners who are Game of Thrones um, fans, you will know what I mean when I say this, but chaos is a freaking ladder. Drop the mic. <laughs> Will, let's talk Mr. Robot. <laughs> uh, Mr. Robot. Now, before we go to Mr. Robot, I know uh, I have to, I'm just going to take a moment of personal privilege here just to like talk about trash TV. Which... Why do you disappoint me so much? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, we had a poll as far as like, uh, you, know, you know, pre-Game of Thrones, there was Sharknado last week, speaking of disasters. Mm-hmm. Um and all I can say is, if you haven't seen Sharknado Five, go check it out. I know Sarah, you don't, you, you care oh, less. Oh, I watched it. Oh I yeah. Oh, did it. you? Oh, did you? I I watched um, James Corden replay um, the movie and break it down for me. So so uh, I saw the eight minute version. Okay, that's all you need to see. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me, yeah. Father, for I for I have been. <laughs> 
I just, you know, there were just a few moments I had to say that, that it was like super awesome just seeing Michelle Nichols as like the Secretary General of the United Nations. Uh, it was like one of those nergasm moments where it was just like, you know, oh God, Uhura hits here. But uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we'll see Sharknado Six next year after Shark Week. But uh, let's get to the let's get to the real, real thing, which is Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. So are we just gonna keep saying the title of the show over and over again, Mr. Robot? <laughs> no. <laughs> are you my hello friends? <laughs> are you listening? Do you trust Mind me? asleep, body awake. Mind, Mind asleep, asleep, body, body awake. awake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so you, you finished it. You I finished, finished it. the journey. I finished the journey. I'm all caught up and ready for season three. And I still don't know where Terrell is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, so, I do. Actually, he... Where, where should we start? So, uh, well, during the pre-show, you were you were trying to um, to explain to me your reaction to probably the biggest moment that happened in the season two finale, yeah. and it's when when um, Elliot tries to prove that Tyrell doesn't exist and he shoots himself, yeah. only to then suddenly realize, oh no, I've actually have shot myself and I'm bleeding and I'm going to die. Um, so what was your reaction to that? Well, as I was watching it unfold, I was literally at the edge of my chair, like, holy shit, what's about to go down here? Um, will Tyrell actually shoot him? What is this, you know, is this all in Elliot's head? Is this real? Um, and even after, even after Elliot got shot, and I know he's not going to die because obviously if that happens, then there's no more show. But, you know, I, I, I went back and I thought about the, the start of season two when, um, mm -hmm. you had the imagery of when Mr. Robot shot Elliot in the, in the bedroom. Right. And how that actually, you know, was all in Elliot's head. So, mm -hmm. you know, just, just juxtaposing those two scenes and, Everything I, I I yeah I even even with An even with the phone call to Angela after after all that happened I'm still I, you know I, I'm leaning towards yes Elliot did get shot for real but it's still like there's still that sense of that there's still that lingering thing as far as like you know it's just just a continuation of the dream while he's in prison or something. Well, okay, let's let's stop because you bring up something very very good about this and um I'm so glad you brought it up and you made this connection all on your own without my help. I didn't prep them at all, people. Um <laughs> is that is that those two images do parallel one another and mm -hmm. I felt like when I was watching this and go back and see the nerd history and there's an episode of like a few days after watching the finale my reaction. But is that is that it kind of makes sense and i feel like viewers who binge it understand it more is that th that was sam esmail's whole point they wanted us to get so deep inside elliot's own paranoia is that in that moment during that the finale you actually legitimately do think oh my god you're you're that's not going to happen. You're going to be fine. Why is this such a big deal? And then it's a bait and switch because mm -hmm. no, the reality is no Tyrell is alive. Yeah. And, and you, you are going to shoot yourself and you are going to hurt yourself and you are a liability. And I love that like circular effect to the story. Yeah. And it's, and it's the same thing that they did in season one, because in the pilot episode, you have that scene in Times Square where Elliot thinks he's won, mm -hmm. and then you they juxtapose that to the season one finale when he's in Times Square and he's all alone, and he thinks he's won, but he he doesn't like how he won. 
So it's it's interesting. Um, so it kind of is like season three premiere. Be on the lookout for what scene they're gonna duplicate in the finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it but that's the genius of the show. And I mean, it's just it's just great storytelling, especially the circular nature of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, you know, what as we were talking about it, I guess maybe a week or so ago, you know, I felt like this, the first. You know, first few episodes of the second season was, was kind of dragging, but mm-hmm. but about from episode five up to twelve, it just was like boom. I mean, you just like go from you know you know basically moving at a snail's pace to like warp ten uh, as far as just how things just quickly how things just unfolded. Right. Um, as far as you know, between Dom figuring you know investigating the whole F, you know five nine pack and um you know how darlene and the rest of the crew you know, hack into the fbi and hear their hear their conversations and um you know you know record the record the video and, and put that on the net and, and, and all the fallout from it and it's just you know again they just do such a great job i mean of the, sh- the thing about the show that that makes it click and makes it work is you can actually it, it, it's not so far out of the realm of possibility of something like that really happening oh yeah it's it's actually almost predicted events yeah. happening um before they did yeah. and um so so yeah it it is eerily set in the real world but it also feels like a completely different universe it's mm-hmm. it's crazy it's a mind bend it is the- it is one of the things i did enjoy though is seeing once elliot came out of prison and towards the end um sort of adopting the uh the confident you know the social anxiety went away it became more like more like mr robot mm-hmm I mean, just the way he spoke, the confidence, it was, you know, yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, it was just really, really strong how how they portrayed that, how he pulled it off. Um, Did uh, you, um, during the finale of the second season, did you make the connection between the opening scene and um, the scene that played out in season one? Let's see. Now, which one? Um, so it, it's when Elliot and Tyrell are, are in the car and the Ferris wheel is in the background. Oh, yeah. At the arcade. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't. Actually, I did not. Whatever that to bring it up, I did not make that connection. But, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see where you see where it is now. Yeah, it. Um, I would. I would encourage you to go back and I, I forget what episode that that scene originally plays out in season one between Mr. Robot and Tyrell. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy how Rami mimics all of Christian Slater's movements mm-hmm. in that scene, and it's just like, oh, he's totally mirroring him. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll definitely go check that out. Uh, so yeah, but uh, thank. I'm I'm glad you didn't give up on me. I'm glad you said we'll go check out Mr. Robot. I'm so glad that that it did. It's definitely, definitely like my top five of uh, shows that uh, I, I I'm definitely looking forward to uh, catching it all October 11th. Can't get it fast enough. Did you um Did you catch when White Rose was referring to the multiverse? I did. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 what? Did I, did I, did I hear that? <laughs> and then she took off her mask and she's actually Harrison Wells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of retread mess is this? this? No. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, okay. Um, well, do you have the time? Um, I was referring to the end credit scene of the season two. Oh yes, Leon. Leon, what do you think? What are they setting up? What are they preparing us for in regards to season three? With leaving us with that little tease at the end there. 
Well, I think with the Easter egg, you know, with Moby and Mobley and Trenton, you know, because that was one of those threads that basically they threw out, you know, they, they disappeared and, you know, they, they did a good job of like sort of leaving that hanging out there. Like, you know, given that the dark army was taking out everyone else associated with, um, with the, with Elliot's gang and group, um, mm-hmm. they did a really good job of just leaving that hanging. And, and whenever, you know, whatever that scene in the credits like showed up, um, it was, I was like, Oh, Hey, there they are. Um, I have for, you know, it was like, they, they, I was like, hmm, they, they kind of went and did their own sort of self-imposed witness protection type program uh, to get out of the city. Right. Um, I think just based off their conversation, as far as Trenton figuring out how to undo the hack, I think when he, I think they're setting up a way to basically, I, I think despite Elliot getting shot, I think phase two, whatever it is, or, uh, well, we think phase two, I think it does have something to do with the backup and destruction of the paper documents. Okay. Um, I think they are going to figure out a way to undo all this before complete chaos comes down. Because, you know, when you see the season three trailer, um, you know, some of the scenes that's in it, you know, it seems like Something it does intimate that something did happen after Elliot got shot. So I don't know if Tyrell was successful in carrying out the program, mm-hmm. and um, you know was or partially successful in carrying out some version of it to the sense that things have completely fallen off because you know you see people literally out on the streets, destitute, the armies you know lined up in Times Square. Um, and so when he's asking for the time, I think he is basically, basically giving them an opening to go back and try to solve this issue. Really? So that, that's interesting because, um, my first thought was actually that, um, Leon is there to kill them. Because remember, Leon is in cahoots with White Rose, and White Rose has a plan. Mm -hmm. And if you stand in her way, like, she will remove you from the equation. And so I just thought, I mean, and that was even the hint, like, there, like, do you have the time, White Rose, woman of time? Yeah. But um, you, you are right that they were talking about how to undo everything. So... White Rose has also been known to take the players and try to and maybe put them through the test that Angela just went into went under and went through and seemed to have passed. So I don't I don't know, but yeah. it's I mean and you're also right, like something did happen. The power went out completely. All of New York City was mm-hmm. dark. So yeah. the hack to whether it was completely fulfilled or partially remains to be seen, but there is some distinct damage that um, will have to be corrected next season. So it's kind of it's kind of going to be it's going to be interesting what's going to play out. Um, but we have seen the teasers, and I think there were two. Right, Will? Two teasers for season three that have been released? Yeah, I know there's one that was just released this past Friday. Because mm-hmm. I know there... But I know leading up to it, I mean, the, the Mr. Robot social media, Twitter, and I think their Facebook as well, it's just been, like, dropping like dropping hints left and right. Even even the uh, former Leonard Cohen um, that was spoken mm-hmm. throughout the trailer was being dropped was you know dropped you know leading up to le- leading up to the release of it so I, if there is a second one I haven't I don't think I, I might have seen it but uh, the, the one I'm most familiar with is the one that just, just dropped this past week 
Right. And that actually gave you more of a sense of what was going on, because the one that I saw, and I think it was maybe a few weeks ago, um, <laughs> it, it just had clocks mm-hmm. and like this ticking. And then I think a, a vague voiceover of um, Elliot saying something. And um, but I just remember the images of ticking and then Mr. Robot this fall. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a really short teaser, like it, but it, yeah, I mean, well, but it then goes back. Yeah. Clocks time, you know, you know, white rose. I only have 20 minutes. <laughs> only have 28 minutes scheduled yeah. for meeting with you. And my time is more important Four. than yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It is. Um, and then Bobby Cannavale is also, um, appeared in the trailer and he's going to be a regular this season. Yeah. It looks like he's going to play um, maybe another counterpart to Dom mm-hmm. um, as she continues to try to break apart of society and figure out what's exactly going on. Yeah. But it's, it's, we're gearing up. Yes. October, here we come. Exactly. So I have to ask you, so what did you think of Darlene? I mean, I love how she is just the, 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 the back and forth between Darlene and Dom. I mean, you know, that was just, that was just, again, you know, edge of seat television, like, you know, is she going to crack or, or, you know, or is, or, or is Dom just going to like, you know, give up? Uh, not that I thought she would, cause she's just too dogged of a, you know, of an agent and, and, you know, really is a kind of foil to, to, to Elliot in that regard. But, um, but whenever she finally took her to the room and saw all the connections and Darlene gave her what the fuck reaction, what do you think? Do you think, so, she, do you think she cracks and like full, you know, basically uh, flips or do you think she's just again going to revert her, her cool shell and just be like, huh, you don't got anything. Um, I, I honestly, for, for whatever reason, and I, and I just rewatched that whole episode. So my mind doesn't go there initially. I'm too busy paying attention to the fact that on the wall of all, everything that has happened, um, that Dom and her coworkers have created is that Tyrell's photo appears directly above Elliot's. Mm -hmm. And to me, I always connect that to that opening scene between Elliot and Tyrell. And Elliot clearly tells him, like, you're too busy paying attention to what's in front of you and not what and not what's above you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, is Tyrell above Elliot or is Elliot above Tyrell? What's going on? Who's who's actually controlling who? Yeah. So I I get distracted by that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That was one of the things too when I was watching. I was like, I, re- I was also doing that same thing, like trying to see how the arrows went, and right. you know, to see you know basically how they thought the organizational, you know, hierarchy was as far as Elliot and, and Tyrell. Right. Um, and notice um, and notice how some you know the arrow, there were no arrows in particular going between the two of them. Mm. Very, very true, because they haven't made that connection yet directly. Um, But but I also to to actually address your your question about will she crack or will she not? I also the scene when when Dom's doing the interrogation, she she reminds Darlene or Darlene reminds. Oh, no, Darlene reminds Dom and makes and says that line. I'm not so special. I've already figured that out. And that references that scene in the hospital um, a few episodes back where she's explaining the story of how she was left at the beach um, because everybody was so much more focused on Elliot mm-hmm. and she was forgotten about. And, and this idea that she's, this whole season, she's trying to be the leader. She, she, she's the one who's put together. Elliot is out of his mind. He's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. delusional. And yet nobody will follow her. And she is just as skilled if, um, as Elliot is. Um, and yet nobody ever pays attention to her. So I can see how this idea that, oh my God, I could be special if maybe I flip teams and, but 
it, it's Elliot. She, yeah. I, I, I feel like Darlene would always protect Elliot, no matter what. Yeah, I, I think so too. So yeah, I, you know, I, I can, I can see them trying to move her maybe this season, and by the end of it, she saves Elliot, or, and making that be her arc for season three. Which would be nice because this whole time you're really seeing her as this um, the the lineage that Mr. Robot has set up for himself or or Elliot's father and Darlene's father has set up like this idea that that she's going to be the one to carry the torch. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I. It'll be yeah, and again, look, you know, look when you see this the, the scene again. The thing about the season three trailer is just various clips of all the key players, and you know you see Darlene, and she, you know she's clearly in anguish, and and the shot, you know, it uh, that could be any of number of things that you know um, that happen. Um, right. So you know it could be her flipping, it could be her you know thinking about Elliot, you know getting shot or whatever, um, you know, it could be thinking about Cisco. I mean, it, any number of, um, um, you know, it could be any number of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Joe, Joanna this season? Oh, she, she and Tyrell are like made for each other. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You know, and it begin. You know, also, you know, I wonder, you know, if how she is connected, you know, in some backhanded way to to White Rose. Um, you whoa! Why do you think she's connected to White Rose? Or I mean, I thought about this during season one. This, um, this the way she controlled Tyrell. Okay. Um. And you know, to do certain to, to do her bidding, and then also how now she's doing the um, same uh, with with uh, Derek to uh, you know to frame him, to frame mm-hmm. Scott. Uh, this how she just basically controls people, and she and she may not have any connection to White Rose or any, or any of the larger thing, you know, F nine, five nine. Um, you know, hack or whatever, but uh, it just there's 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 something more there's some there there's something there beyond just her being married to Tyrell, and I'm just trying to figure out like you know what that is. Um, but uh, that yeah, that whole you know this this the, that whole arc as far as you know with the phone calls and. Um, how they resolved that because, you know, all along we were thinking that was Tyrell, but actually mm-hmm. it was just Scott, you know, just gaslighting her. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and that whole scene at the end there with, you know, cause I have actually, I have forgotten about Scott. He was just kind of, you know, last time I think I remember seeing him was when he burned all the money. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. He comes, he like, he does his thing and then he disappears. And yeah. when you least expect it, suddenly the character is on the screen again. You're like, Oh, that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and he's just a broken man. And just, um, uh, you know, and, and so sort of how that whole scene plays out and, and basically, you know, he, he, you know, she taunts him to the point where again, you know, he had that parallel with Tyrell. And how, um, you know, Tyrell lost, you know, basically, you know, kills Scott's wife, Sharon's book, and, you know, and how close he was to doing the same thing to, to Joanna. Right. Um, but it was, yeah, but, you know, again, just that, that element of how she just manipulates the situation, manipulates people. Um, and, you know, again, I don't know if it's just, you know, tied to a white rose in some regard or it's just basically just an extension as far as you know showing how she and Tyrell are just basically morally bankrupt people 
I love Tyrell, though. I find him to be fascinating, and yeah. I find him and Joanna to be fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's interesting. I saw an interview with uh, Sam Ismail about about how that uh, that very thing about his villains and how he, he wants them to be likable people. And not to well, be, I don't know if they're likable well, you know, so like much a, as just well, huh. you know, not, no, not you know, not 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 the cartoonish villain that you know, um, you know that it's easy to make a you know this you know there's no motivations there they're just evil for you you know they're just kind of cartoonish villains like you know like in some of your James like Bond Zoom? movies, yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. Wait, wait, wait. They're not time remnants. They're not time remnants. <laughs> no, but I know I totally understand what you're saying. It's not that they're likable, but they have their own motivations yeah. that just for one reason or another um, conflict with the main protagonist's motivations and desires. And that's why there's this antagonism built up between them. Um, it's not because they're out to destroy the world. No, 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 no. It's, it's because they're out to rule the world. They they're want, the they yeah. want power. Yeah. Um, and that's where they come from. So it's, it's just a different agenda and a just different understanding of what democracy in the USA is all about. Yeah. Um, but, um, the final thing will yeah. that I, I need you to gush about is, um, the music. It's so freaking good. It's so I, good, yes. Jeez, like in that in that season two finale, I forgot that after the this the credits come up and it's Mr. Robot and they always do that every time they like they like do that tease sequence and then they get the big title up there and it's always cued on on sound, um, but then it goes into like that video game music that is so recognizable. <laughs> You know, like it, it was as if you were playing Mario Kart or something, yeah. and then it slowly turns into a song. And um, I think it's like Through the Looking Glass or something. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Again, like I said, it's just, you know, it's, I, as I said, I'm super glad that I finally, you know, finally got to watch this, uh, this got into the series and, uh, uh, as I said, I can't wait to wait till October eleventh uh, rolls around because uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, they you know even though you've had to wait longer than I've had to wait to get to the season three, but uh, I'm still like, come on, hurry up! I want mm -hmm. more. <laughs> I want more. I want, I want more. more. Give it to me. Want more? Yeah, and it's only going to be ten episodes. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I want more, but I I felt like th 12, I think they had last time, it, was yeah. too much. Too many. Yeah. Well, I think early on, it, you know, I think they did stretch a couple things out. But like I said, after about, about the fifth episode or so, it just, it really went fast. Really roughed up. All right. Well, so, so that's it for hiatus updates, but... Okay, well, what is going on with the box office this summer? Because I knew it was going down, but I didn't realize that actually um, I saw on a headline earlier today is that um, July 2017 marks the third month in a row that box office has dropped comparatively to last summer earnings. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? What is happening? What's the, with the downward trend? Um, you know, I think, think it's one of those things where I don't know if there is super compelling films that are out right now. Or maybe they are, but, you know, I don't know if people are just choosing to spend their dollars elsewhere or it's just a... Uh, and I won't say it's the lack of the big franchise films because you, you, you know, you've had Spider-Man, even though it was in the new, you know, even though Spider-Man's now in the you know, Avengers universe, the MCU. <laughs> um, 
but I think, you know, you had this trend, I think, last year, too, where you had, um, you know, you had Star Trek, you had The Bourne, you had Suicide Squad. Again, all of these franchise films, you know, you had these drop-offs in the box office where people just didn't go to see the movies. So I don't know if it's just people are just vacationing and just don't want to go to the theater or mm-hmm. it's just the lack of interest because, they, you know, there's just not overly compelling films that are out there right now or or, or what? I mean, if I think if, if I knew the answer, I'd be working in Hollywood right now and not being Probably. not. Yeah, not doing what I do. But um, what, what are your what are your thoughts? I, I I think, yeah, it's, it's the idea that, well, maybe all of these extended universes are is not really why people want to go to the movies anymore. I mean, yes, Spider-Man Homecoming is a part of the MCU, but it still only pulled in $300 million domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a large number. But compare that to Wonder Woman, yeah. a character who for the first time came to the big screen well, well, second time if you count Batman v Superman, and that movie has grossed 400 million domestically, a huge, and it's and it like had much longer legs than Spider Man did, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think I read where I think it's 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 definitely all it's you know on a clip to um, you know maybe break you know even you know over what almost 800 million totally global. If you include the global, um, international, yeah. yeah, yeah, it it it's people people want to go see it because it's different and because Chris Pine is in it. <laughs> I almost said Chris Pine, which <laughs> I never thought about that before. <laughs> but at the same time, you do have more original content that is based off of other novels and comic books and everything. But those movies aren't even doing well, like Dark Tower, yeah. a film with Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, and yet nobody freaking cares, Will. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's based off a Stephen King series. So, you know, again, a, a, a franchise, a known quantity. But I, I read an interesting thing, though, with the... Uh, Dark Tower, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently they were doing exit surveys um, <laughs> after after the film, because I think this was supposed to be kind of a backdoor way to, you know, as a pilot for a TV series. Yes, um, I have heard about that. Yeah, and uh, so apparently the audiences of the, ex- of, the, of the of the people surveyed, 83% of the folks were interested in uh, seeing it developed as a, as a television series. But, uh, so, so this brings to an interesting trend because what is what is with this backwards idea that you know what first we're going to shoot the movie and then we're going to build a universe that's extended, but we're not going to do what the MCU is. Instead, it's going to be extended on the TV show because they're also considering making a spin-off TV show of John Wick and have it based around the Continental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I, I, it, maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, people are, it, are interested enough in the story that they feel like they can produce content to sort of bridge the gap between, between films. Well, or, I, I think, or it's, it's the whole concept of this whole extended universe these days that, um, you know, we will, um, cause if I, it's cause, it's cause is agents, agents of shield, it's considered part of the, the TV universe is still part of the movie universe, correct? Yep. Agents of shield, all of, um, the defenders, yeah on Netflix are all part of the MCU, um, which always has viewers thinking, well, is Daredevil going to show up now? Is Jessica Jones going to show up now? But they've also managed to make those their own independent universes where they have their own stories to tell. Um, and I think that's something that Marvel has figured out how to do along with Disney. Pretty, pretty decent. I just, I don't, 
It's just funny to me because it, I feel like we also had The Mummy come out earlier this summer. Oh, yeah. And that didn't do well at all. And it yeah. had Tom Cruise and this idea that going into it, hey, guys, if you like this movie, go see it because we're going to build this monster universe that nobody ever freaking wanted. Yeah. It's fu- yeah, it's funny you mentioned The Mummy. I had forgotten about it. <laughs> And yeah, it, most it, people it, have. Yeah, and and see, and, and what about War of the Planet of the Apes? I mean, has it come out? Yes, War of the Planet of the Apes has come out. It got pretty good critic reviews, except it didn't do well in the box office, which yeah. also begs the question: Why? I mean, yeah, this yeah. is. This is considerably one of the best trilogies there is. I haven't seen it because it just isn't showing at locations I normally go to. Mm-hmm. But it is pretty fascinating that after such a success with the first one and the second one, you would think everybody would swamp to the third one. And for whatever reason, maybe too many years in between. Maybe. Because I feel like the second one came out in 2015 so it was just too long of a gap. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it kind of came and went, and um, yeah, it, it's kind of got lost in that July shuffle. So, I mean, I think, I think the, it, you know, the summer blockbuster time frame now really is that that May to June period, and if you um, don't get your movie out before July, you know. I mean, I think the the cutoff now might be the July Fourth weekend because that mm-hmm. was that was when Spider Man premiered, and then you know that second week, you know, it dropped off. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair point, especially when you take into light that it feels like ever since Winter Soldier debuted, and I think. April one mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. I think when it premiered, it was April, and then suddenly you have Batman v Superman, Superman debut in March, and right. then suddenly De- Deadpool in February. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like okay, if if the box office starts, if the summer box office starts sooner, then yeah, it's going to end a lot earlier than yeah. anticipated. Yeah. So maybe but maybe it is, it is maybe it is that February to. July 4, that's when you get the sweet spot. And then you have a kind of a lull, and then uh-huh. you, you have the Thanksgiving to Christmas run. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of confusing. But, I mean, at the same time, when people are figuring out that TV is, tells arguably better stories... Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's constant because you know, like, even though Mr. Robot is over for you right now, well, it's going to come back. Don't worry. You're going to get 10 more episodes in October. So just stay tight. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And you have, yeah, sir, you have your, your Game of Thrones, which is, you know, basically on a theatrical scale as well. So. Yeah, huge scale, huge scale. I mean, they've even taken some of those episodes and shown them at IMAX because people have asked for it and they can see it. It's not, they're not pulling it in humans where it's like, no, 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 (laughs) you haven't asked for it to be shot on IMAX. We're just going to shoot it on IMAX and act like you're going to actually pay your money to go see that. Yeah, yeah. It still looks like a TV. Oh, the best headline I read all week, Will. (laughs) This is the best headline I read on IMDb. I said, um, producers of Inhumans say that, please do not judge too quickly. It is still incomplete. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad like, you brought that up. Because, what? what? I mean, Wait this, a second. We, you are a month, you know, we're coming in inside a month from this thing premiering, and you're saying that it's incomplete? I mean, oh, because it's supposed to premiere what, September 9th, right? I don't know. I I've, think, I've, they lost me with the first trailer, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> oh, they lost everyone with the first trailer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone who is like, I haven't seen any buzz at all. The only buzz I've seen is, is negative buzz about this. I mean, everybody, it, it's, it, might, it might take Batman v Superman's place as far as like the project everyone hates on. No, 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 no. Dude, I know you have a special spot for Batman v Superman. Well, I, I know it, but no, no, no. That'll still be forever. 
Well, no, because Suicide Squad, I think, took lifted some of that burden from it Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen Batman v Superman. I will never see Suicide Squad. <laughs> Lord help me. Never going to happen. But, um, yeah, Inhumans continues to be perplexing for me. Because earlier when you were talking about Sharknado, it's like, no, guys, go see it. It's going to be awful. And I kind of do want to watch it just because I'm like, this is going to be shit. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know how bad they can screw it up. And you're hating on the show, having not even watched Game of Thrones, where all I can see is, wait a second, you're telling me that I actually have to see Ramsey Snow or excuse me, Ramsey Bolton on the throne? Mm-hmm. Really? No, I'm not no. interested. Yeah. That yeah. guy is screwed up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But yeah, and then oh, another another blunder of the summer box office was yeah. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Only yeah. thirty six million gross. Second or this week it's a, it's third week out, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, I think that's right. 36 million. Some people, like, some films... Yeah, I mean... Like, within their first day. Yeah, yeah. I And uh, it, I don't know... Is it... And it is, you know, it's based off, again, you know, I think a pretty popular source material, so... Not popular enough. But not popular enough. I mean, is it one of those things where niche films just, you know, might be better off? You know, going the route of the Netflixes and you know, and Amazons of the world, then I, trying to do these well, like you know, trying to do these big budget films. But I mean, to be to be honest though, it just you know, get to your get the, you know to the the practical effects versus mm-hmm. versus CGI effects and visual effects, and you know, one of the things that you know I have. Uh, grown more sensitive to and especially after talking with you with, with our with our various episodes it's just bad cgi <laughs> <laughs> i've corrupted him yes. <laughs> welcome to the dark side yes 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 <laughs> i mean it and then when i was watching the trailer for that film i was just like um no <laughs> No. It is. It is. It was. Wait, I'm surprised that they didn't come out ahead of time and said, "Please do not judge it by the trailer. It is incomplete." <laughs> <laughs> like when I would see that trailer in theaters, I was watching it like they've got to be working on this, right? Because yeah. that that just looks like a blue blob of, and that's a human. And will do not forget though, this movie also suffers from what battleship suffered a few years back. Mm. Um, Rihanna curse. Oh yes. Um, so Lord help the oceans eight movie that's coming out with all the female cast, including Rihanna, because if that one tanks, yep. she should not be in movies. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like when Drake shows up for, you know, famous athlete, you know, it's just like, don't, nope, Drake, stay away, stay away, don't, don't come over. Give a kiss, yep. give a kiss. <laughs> oh, man. I think, Serena, I think Serena was like on her way to the Grand Slam until Drake showed up, and it's like, oh, no, no, go away, go away. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I do agree, though. It's, it's like some of these other niche projects, could do better on Netflix, could do better on Amazon, short mini series and and fully flesh out why um readers fell in love with this story to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um granted we'll see how Death Note does on Netflix, which is based off of a very beloved anime series. Um, an anime series transferred um, over into film hasn't done very well, considering Ghost in a Shell debuted earlier this year, and that crashed and burned. Yeah, but I think that was some more more global, bigger issues than, than just the story. I think. Um, oh, like the whitewashing. The whole, I think the yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the whitewashing and just you know, um, well, but apparently in Japan it did really well. So. Well, 
You know, I, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time World World of Warcraft did very well overseas, yeah. and that's why they're going to do a sequel to it, but it did not do well domestically. So, yeah. I mean, again, another fair point. Are we judging this on what they're doing domestically, or how much do you account for the international box office? True, yeah. Well, I think you do have to consider it, but... You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, the 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 the, the home home field um, advantage. advantage, or it fell it fell into you know fell into you know the whole court home, you know, I think sinks sinks franchises faster than anything, even if they do yeah. well do well globally. Yeah, that and bad CGI and Rihanna. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you know what? One movie coming up that I sh- I don't think will fall into either of those traps is Deadpool two. No. Yes. Oh my God, Cable looks fierce. Very fierce. Fierce. Uh, I saw those drop earlier this this week. I was like, damn, Josh Brolin. First of all, dude shredded. Second, they did a you know they did an awesome job of uh, with, with the costuming. Um, you know that's yeah. me clapping yep. if you're wondering. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally, yep. totally, totally agree. Nailed uh, it. Mm-hmm. They nailed it. I mean, yeah, I mean he looks like Cable. Yeah, and um, keep in mind, guys, he is also Thanos. <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, he is. With with the helmet. Yeah, it's 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 weird because we're I think we're gonna see him as Cable before we see him as Thanos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause Deadpool, yeah, yeah cause it comes out before Infinity War, if I recall. That's going to be yeah, that's going to be interesting. Well, I'm gonna see. I don't, I don't know, but but besides that, we also have Domino played by um, Zazie Beats. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think Ryan Reynolds tweeted it best. You know, so people know how to work a red carpet. I I, I love the poses too because yeah. you have Cable mimicking um, the Deadpool pose from the posters that were released mm-hmm. uh, when the original movie was coming out, and then you have. Zazi or Domino laying across Deadpool as if she's squishing him. Yep. <laughs> also in a very similar pose yeah. that that they did. I, I just love that um, repetitious and totally. that mirroring. Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's so in keeping with with the character, so in keeping with with the movie. So, uh, you know, I know they switched. Uh, and they, they did switch directors in this project, right? Yes, yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah, a few months ago. yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, this, you know, will 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 we'll continue to be the 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 Merc with the mouth that we yeah that we've all come to love. The Merc with the mouth. Now Ryan Reynolds just needs to get a um, find a character for Jake Gyllenhaal to play in this universe and mm-hmm. then my life will be complete because <laughs> if anybody has gone onto YouTube, I encourage you to look up all of the press conferences held between Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds about the movie life that came out back in April. Mm. They are, they are hilarious together. They're like completely opposites and yet they're very, their humors are very similar. And so it's just the banter between them. They could hardly answer a single question about the actual movie. They were just giving each other a hard time. That's awesome. I have, I have like, to go check that out. Beautiful. Best I, romance ever. I have to go check that out. We'll, 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 tweet, we'll put it on our show page for folks to go check it out. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So now one movie, and this is the last bit of news that I pulled, um, and then we're going to wrap up, is that Raz Amin has um, is in talks to join the cast of Venom. I saw that. I saw a tweet of that earlier. I didn't get a chance to read it fully in here. And if I said Raz, I totally meant Riz. Riz Amin. It's Riz Amin. It's Riz Amin. 
Resume. Resume. I, I think that's yeah. I don't know. He's great. He's great. He should be in everything. I will buy this movie more if he is in it, but I'm really curious about the character that he's going to be playing. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, the thing I saw was he's not Carnage. No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, Venom is Tom Hardy. True. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. Oh, he's totally Spider-Man. He's totally, totally Spider-Man. You think he's Spider-Man? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't, you know, it could be, you know, given that we don't know if they're in the same universe or not. You know, maybe it's another alternate universe. It could be Pascal he knows. Could, he could, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe he could be uh, you know, masquerading as uh, uh, Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker. I, I, it's just like, well, who else could he be? And is he? I mean, they need a protagonist for this, right? Right? Yeah. I, like I envision, and I don't think you've seen Daredevil season two. I have not. Right? No. Offended, first of all. Um, second of all, you need to go see it. Third of all, um, I envision, if, if done right, he could play the daredevil to the Punisher. Mm. So, because they, the first four episodes of Daredevil season, season two, explore this dynamic between Frank Castle and Matt Murdock that is so great because they're they're on two sides of this morality um, that their struggle that they're both dealing with and and two two very interpretation interpretations of what needs to be done to stop the bad guys how far are you willing to take it yeah. and um, so I I find that Riz Amin can play that Matt Murdock and that bring that morality to play against a Venom character who's also very similar to um, to the Punisher. And it's like, no, 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 I, I will. They need to be removed. That is that is my solution. Their story ends. I will kill them. And that's how this problem goes away. Yeah. It's justice. So. So but I don't I can't think of a character in the Spider-Man universe that could be that kind of um, that kind of balance to yeah. Venom. Yeah. Outside of Spider Man. Outside of Spider Man, yeah. 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 Which again Spider Man. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, it, it has to be. Or maybe maybe he's Spider Man esque without being Spider Man, you know. <laughs> Maybe he's just a man. Okay? Yeah, he's just a simple man. Just, he doesn't need no Spider Man. <laughs> no Spider Man. No superpowers. Just you know. But yeah, well, <laughs> he's Uncle Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's sort of like yeah, it's, it's their own version of Flashpoint. You know, where it's Thomas Wayne's the Batman, so here it's like Uncle Ben's the, the Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's invent this. Riz Amin and Marissa Tomei would make a lovely couple. <laughs> <laughs> they would be a very beautiful couple. <laughs> oh, I think that's a great place to leave it. Great, Will, you got anything else? Uh, not for this week. Not for this week. I think uh, we have had a had a great great rundown of uh, Mr. Robot and uh, catching up on some of the summer news so I think yeah, and, and spoiler alert Rizamine is going to be playing Uncle Ben in Venom there you go the mic Sarah has spoken and where can we find you Sarah you can you can send me tweets about how Rizamine will be playing Uncle Ben at SJBELMONT. Will, where can people go tweet to you about Mr. Robot? People can tweet to me about Mr. Robot and my uh, complete other failure for caring about uh, Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris <laughs> at Will M. Polk. That's at W I L L M P O L K. 
And please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. That's Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both our iTunes and SoundCloud feed. Also, go out and support Jackie Dallas. Um, they got some very cool casting yeah, names. Very, yeah, I'm glad you very brought that exciting. up. Yeah, Greg Henry. Yeah, that was huge. Huge, huge deal. Um, yeah. We are going to definitely ask her to see if we, we we can get him on the show or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Dream big, guys. Dream big. Exactly. Um, you can also find us on CastBox Android app. That is CastBox Android app. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome.